to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted that you are all here listening to me today. I hope that you have been enjoying some of the previous episodes. I did an episode all about retractable leashes and long leashes, and I spotlighted Every Dog Austin, which is a nonprofit who is working to make uh, dog training more inclusive and accessible. So if you have not listened to some of the previous episodes, check them out because they are awesome. So um, I wanted to kind of fill you guys in. I've been doing a lot of fun stuff lately. So I went camping with Tiva. If you follow follow us over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you already know that. But I took Tiva on a solo camping trip and she was a delight per usual. It was so much fun. If you are new around here, Tiva is my 14-year-old mixed breed dog. She's black and white. She's 35 pounds. She is adorable. So we went on a solo camping trip and it was so much fun just to spend time with her and just shower her in all of the love and treats that she deserves for being the best dog ever. Um, After we went camping, I then headed to Southern Colorado with my mom and Waylon and her dog Jasmine. And we did so many hikes, y'all. We hiked like 40 miles over the week. It was beautiful. We saw wildflowers and so many mushrooms and mountain lakes and It was so incredible. So if you don't already follow me on Instagram and you are into nature, be sure to follow me because I share a lot of nature content. So on our trip, um, we were visiting Telluride, Colorado, which is a little ski town, and there were a lot of off-leash dogs. Um, To put it blatantly, there were pretty much just no fucks given by any of these dog guardians. It was like literally just a free-for-all, and it really got me thinking about all of you beautiful people listening, right, and how you all live in this crazy world too, and you, I'm sure, encounter a lot of off-leash dogs and a lot of shenanigans from these Yahoo people. So in today's episode, I I wanted to kind of talk about um, a few strategies to use when faced with off-leash dogs approaching your dog. So I did an episode, it was a long time ago. I will have my podcast manager link that up in the show notes. Um, I can't remember what episode it is, but we did talk about a lot of strategies for handling um, off-leash dogs, but it was really more focused on like uh, playing defensive when off-leash dogs approach, right? And in today's episode, I wanted to kind of give you a framework for how to handle off-leash dogs depending on your individual dog, okay? So who your dog is, their preferences for dogs, all of that is going to be really, really relevant. But something that a lot of my clients struggle with is being so terrified of off-leash dogs approaching their dogs when in fact their dogs are actually quite dog social. And in my opinion, maybe we don't need to be as worried. And like, you know, in a perfect world, off-leash dogs wouldn't be charging your dog but you all live in the real world just like I do and there are off-leash dogs approaching you all of the time I'm sure so 
I wanted to give you some strategies for um, dealing with off-leash dogs depending on who your dog is an individual. So um, knowing your dog, okay? So you need to look at your dog's history, right? How have they been with dogs in the past? Um, their confidence level, right? Like are they dog tolerant? Do they really like dogs? And then kind of their preferences, right? So you always want to look at the history of your individual dog, their confidence when it comes to other dogs, and their preferences when it comes to other dogs, okay? So my suggestion would be to literally write all of this out. So do bullet points, history of interactions with other dogs as one, their confidence with other dogs is two, and their preferences for other dogs is three, and kind of make yourself some notes so that when the unfortunate but inevitable off-leash dog situation happens, you kind of have this framework and you've thought this through already. Okay, so I want to break it down into two different general groups of dogs here and I'm going to give you very different advice depending on where your dog falls in this okay so for those of you who are listening who has a dog who can be dog aggressive one you are not alone um for those of you listening who maybe are newer to the podcast um prior to Waylon well actually when Waylon was young we had another male amstaff called Sunny who was ugh, what a delight of a dog he was but he could be super dog aggressive okay so i have a lot of experience managing not only aggressive dogs but also dogs who are not dog aggressive. Okay. So, um, we're going to get to that. So if your dog can be aggressive, hang tight because I am going to give you some advice, but I want to troubleshoot dogs who do not have a history of aggression with other dogs. Okay. So all you wonderful people that are listening, you have a dog and they are typically good with other dogs. I need you to take a deep breath and remind yourself that it may be easier to just let the interaction happen than being freaked out and trying to avoid the interaction, okay? And that's a pretty unpopular opinion in most dog training circles, what I'm telling you right now. But I'm telling you this because I want your life to be easier. And I also want your dog's life to be easier, okay? So if your dog has no history of aggression with other dogs and you get approached by an off-leash dog, I want you to do your best to observe the other dog's body language. And as long as the other dog's body language does not come off as like horribly aggressive, right? Like it doesn't seem like that dog is coming in to like rip your dog's throat out. I think that your best bet in all honesty is just to let the interaction play out. And trust me, y'all, this is something that I have been working so hard on because of, you know, 10 years of managing Sunny, who could be very dog aggressive, who was definitely capable of causing harm to other dogs. I had to whew, go into survival mode and prevent those interactions from happening so that Sunny wasn't causing harm to other dogs. But um, these days, Tiva is a total delight. She is really good with other dogs. And Waylon is also so dog social and he has, he has really helped me work through some of my, honestly, PTSD from like owning a dog that could be so aggressive. So really observe the body language of the other dog. But if that dog does not seem like majorly aggressive, my suggestion to you is to let the leash be as loose as possible and just let the interaction happen. Because I think ultimately that is going to be the easiest trajectory to just move on than like pulling your dog back and making it... I hate to say this, but making it bigger of a deal than it needs to be. And you guys, 
people are assholes. People should respect leash laws. They don't. I'm not saying that it's right or fair, but I'm just trying to give you strategies so that everything can just be easier and more streamlined for you. Okay. So like I was saying, we were in Telluride and there were no fucks given. There were so many off-leash dogs. And what I ended up doing is, so I actually had Waylon on leash, right? Because there are new trails that we haven't hiked on before. And, you know, wildlife is always a concern for me. So I, I had Waylon on leash as a precaution for wildlife. But because of how many dogs were off-leash, like literally all we were getting like bombarded by off-leash dogs, like every quarter mile. There were just so many off-leash dogs. So I ended up just taking Waylon off of the leash because I was like, this is just going to be so much easier for everyone if he just gets to do this. So I ended up just letting him off leash. If your dog, you're not comfortable letting them off leash, you need to keep that leash as loose as you possibly can in that interaction. Let it play out. They can sniff, do their thing, and then move on. Okay, and I know it seems so simplistic when I say it like that, but I'm telling you, if your dog has no history of aggression with other dogs, that would definitely be my suggestion when you're encountering off-leash dogs and your dog is on leash. I think it's just going to be faster if you just let the interaction happen and then you can move on. I did want to share too that there was a giant Labrador retriever that tried to mount Waylon that Waylon told off. I mean, he like growled, he pinned the dog is like, don't you fucking dare. And that does take a level of confidence on my part to be like, that was totally fair for him to do that. Okay. So to me, and you know, in all of my experience and my professional opinion, that is not overly aggressive. That is a fair communication. So when I'm talking, your dog has a history of aggression. I'm talking, your dog has put holes, caused physical damage to other dogs. Like, I I just want to define that for you. So if your dog can be a little snarky with some dogs, but isn't putting holes in dogs, I think that you're still better off just letting the interaction happen as long as the other dog's body language isn't majorly aggressive looking. Okay, so I want to share another story with you and another example of how it's challenging in the moment, but letting it play out can be the best. Okay, so um, I was out walking my dogs. I had Tiva and Waylon with me, and then I was watching a friend's dog, a little corgi um, called Billy, and I was walking all three dogs. I walked past a house. They had two Dobermans and another large breed dog. Okay, so there's like, it was like a four foot chain link fence, and these dogs are barking like fucking crazy through the fence. So naturally I cross the street, create a little bit of space. Well, lo and behold, these dogs get the fence door open. Okay. So I am walking three dogs and then three large breed dogs come charging at me, two Dobermans and another large mixed breed dog. They come charging at me. What I did was I took a deep breath and I dropped everybody's leashes and I mean, no joke, literally all three dogs got to my dogs. Everybody sniffed Those dogs literally turned and ran for home. I picked up the leashes of my dogs and then we just kept walking. Okay, and I'm not saying that every situation is going to be that anticlimactic, but, you know, two Dobermans and another large breed dog were just barking because they were in the fence. I think there was some territorial stuff happening. They got to the dogs. Everybody sniffed. Our dogs, I think my dogs were a little like, wait a minute, what's happening? But I think that because I just dropped the leashes and I let them do their dog thing, I think that that was so much easier for them than me getting freaked out and pulling on the leash and telling the dogs like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And just making it more intense. Okay. And like I said, you all, it's like 
you know, it takes a certain level of bravery and trusting, but I think we have to remember that our dogs are much more capable at interacting with their own species than we really give them credit for. So that is why I share this story with you to give you some more perspective of maybe this can be a better game plan for you and for your dog. Something that I I observe a lot in my clients is because they are fearful about how the interaction is going to go, they in turn create a little bit more leash reactivity in their dog because they're constantly pulling their dog away from interactions. And like I said, sometimes you just got to pull the dog away, but I think that there are other times in which maybe you don't need to do that. And maybe you could just let your dog sniff and move on and it could be as easy as that. So again, this is contingent on your dog not being aggressive to dogs in the way that they have not caused physical harm to other dogs. Okay, so like I said, there's going to be a lot of deep breathing. It's going to take a lot of practice and bravery on your part. But I tell you this again, because I want your life to be easier. Okay, so for all of you listening who are like, yeah, 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 Rachel, real cool, except for my dog does have a history of aggression with other dogs. So if you have a dog who has a history of aggression with other dogs and you get approached by an off-leash dog, your plan is obviously going to be much different. So if you have not already considered muzzle training, I'm going to suggest that you start muzzle training. So I want to backtrack a little bit here. So like I was saying, we had Sunny, a male AM staff for 10 years who could be very dog aggressive. He put holes in many dogs. He caused physical harm to many dogs in his day. Something that I did and I wish I would have had access to earlier in his life, but I just didn't, was we muzzle trained. And he was able to hike off-leash muzzled really, really beautiful, you guys. And Sonny was the type of dog who could be very dog social. He never had an issue with Tiva. He had lots of dogs that were in his inner circle, but new dogs he could definitely potentially act aggressively towards. So what I did is I muzzle trained. Basket muzzle, I conditioned him to wear a muzzle, and that is how we handled doing a lot of the hikes that we did. So um, for those of you who don't know, we live in Colorado. We have access to a million amazing hikes, and a lot of the trails that we love, there are no leash laws. So dogs are allowed to be off leash. So it was one of those things that, you know, we weren't going to not take Sunny hiking. He loved hiking. It was very good for him. But what we ended up doing was muzzle training and that made it so much easier to navigate those situations. And a lot of those times he just got to be off leash. Um, And he was able to interact with dogs and do his thing with the muzzle on, right? And, you know, a lot of people are worried, like, well, what if the other dog acts aggressive that he can't defend himself? I will be honest, that never came up. That never came up for us. I'm not saying that it never could, but it never did come up for us. So if you have a dog who has a history of aggression towards other dogs and you want to take them places where you could potentially see off-leash dogs, my suggestion above all else is to muzzle train. Um, Sonny loved wearing his muzzle. Seriously, I put that on him and he would run and bound and party just like he would awfully, I mean, um, unmuzzled. So, you know, just to give you a little bit more perspective there. Something else that you can definitely do if you have a dog aggressive dog and maybe their muzzle training isn't quite good yet and you get approached by an off leash dog, you can do a lot of yelling. And I know that sounds like so trivial, but I (laughs) have been approached by so many off leash dogs when I was walking Sunny and he was on leash and he wasn't muzzled and a particular time (laughs) comes to mind. So I was walking Sunny on a trail we walked a lot. 
And this giant male Rottweiler came running at us, you all. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, these dogs are going to kill each other right now. Okay, so I'm like trying to take a deep breath. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do here? So what you know what I ended up doing is I literally looked at the Rottweiler and I yelled at him and I said, don't you fucking dare. This dog's ears plastered back and he ran away. And then I totally felt like an asshole. I was like, well, if I thought that yelling was going to get the end result, I probably wouldn't have been so firm with him. But, you know, that can work sometimes, right? I literally just got in this dog's face and I told him, don't you fucking dare. And that dog put his ears back and ran away from us, right? So, like, I think that sometimes yelling can be a strategy, okay? Something else that you're going to have to get really good at is body blocking. So, literally, putting yourself in between the dog and your dog. A trained behavior that I worked on with Sunny was called behind. It was very fluent. Any situation I could tell him to get behind me, he would get behind me and stand there and wait. So if you have a dog who has a history of aggression with other dogs and you want to get them out in the world more, definitely a trained behavior I think you can be working on. Um, there's also a product that is called Spray Shield and it's just like a aerosol can of citronella. I think that that can also be used as a last resort if shit really hits the van with an off-leash dog approaching your dog. Okay, and like I said, you guys, I did do an episode with a special guest and we talk in way more depth about strategies for um, handling off-leash dogs, but I really wanted to just talk about this in this episode, y'all, because it came up so blatantly for me that if your dog has no history of aggression with other dogs, off-leash dogs approaching you does not have to be a huge ordeal. Okay, you guys, it's seriously like an honor and a privilege to be able to do this podcast. I so enjoy recording these episodes and sharing them with you and getting your feedback. So thank you for coming on this disorderly dogs ride with me. Um, Do me a favor. If you've been listening to the podcast and you've gotten a lot of value from it, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts so that I can connect with more amazing dog guardians just like you who could use the added support and advice. You guys, it is seriously so much fun to do this podcast. Have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. All right, everybody. I know that CBD is a hot topic and rightfully so. There's a lot of misinformation surrounding CBD, but I tell you what, there's a lot of pretty amazing evidence for how amazing CBD can be for not only humans, but also for our pets. Uh, The ladies at VetCS were on the podcast recently. It was episode 148. Give it a listen. You will learn a lot. Um, But I use VetCS products for me. I use VetCS products for the dogs. And I tell you what, Tiva, as she ages, the CBD is just amazing for her arthritis. And Waylon greatly benefits from the CBD too. So if you've been considering CBD for you or for your pet, check out VetCS.com. And you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.